Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. Thanks for being with us again today. It's a pleasure being with you once again. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that I know is close to the hearts of all of us, and that is how to reap the benefits of real estate investing without the hassle. Aren't we all looking for that that golden prize there? So Arne Sinadella is a real estate broker and an investor with over 40 years experience. He started out in Silicon Valley as a native there, and he built a sizable single-family rental portfolio. He relocated to Greenville, South Carolina for a lifestyle transition and moved into multifamily investing, and he formed the Spark Investment Group. So welcome, Arne, and take us into the show by sharing an experience that helped you to be who you are today. Yeah, Alan, thanks so much for having me on the show. Look forward to speaking with you and hopefully providing useful information to your listeners. So I had a pretty typical middle-income American upbringing, though I did relocate from the San Francisco Peninsula to San Francisco to New York City to upstate New York to the University of Michigan and then back to California all in a period of about 10 years. So from about age of 12 to 22, my family moved quite a bit, some for personal reasons, others for my education and so forth. So I would say that's helped me become adaptable and and have the ability to kind of form relationships and so on and so forth. When you're dropped into a new environment, you need to kind of be intentional about forming relationships, have confidence and kind of putting yourself out there. So I think that had a big impact on me. And I actually was trained as a scientist. I have a master's degree in PCHEM from the University of Michigan. But at some point in that journey, I decided, no, I didn't want to stay in the lab for 20 years. And I kind of realized I was more an extrovert, a people person. And my father had a residential real estate brokerage business in Menlo Park, California. And I said, hey, dad, I want to come back to California and San Francisco Peninsula. And he said, well, get your license and I'll put you to work. And in 1978, I started in the residential brokerage business. You've been happy ever since, huh? Yes, it's been great. Well, what took you down the science road to start with? I don't know. As a young kid, I really enjoyed math and calculating things and so forth. And Honestly, I thought I was going to be a math major, but then sophomore year, I took AP math in high school. So sophomore year in college, it was multidimensional vector calculus. And that's where my brain kind of exploded and I hit the wall because like with math, you kind of just either it kind of fits in your logical sequence of your brain or it doesn't. And when I took that course, that was kind of the limit of my capability, and it was no longer fun. So I moved into kind of a theoretical, somewhat mathematical aspect of chemistry, physical chemistry, which is kind of a mix between physics and chemistry. 
And that's how I came down that road. I can't say I've ever been a big planner in my life. I kind of let life unfold and adjust as needed and keep looking forward and keep moving on. So there's never been any kind of grand plan. I'm more kind of to let life unfold and have some degree of confidence that I can adapt and land on my feet. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that aspect of your life with us. What are the major benefits of real estate investing that took you into real estate? Well, so... My father was a great mentor, and when I went to work for him, he kind of told me that the brokerage business, selling homes, earning commissions is a great way to earn income, but that really the way to either wealth or financial security or financial freedom is really from investing, right? You put that capital to work that you earn. And you let that money work for you. And so he was basically a single family home investor. And so I just kind of followed his path. And what single family home investing did was primarily in the Bay Area, it wasn't so much a cash flow market, but it offered great equity growth, net worth growth, capital growth tax advantages in terms of depreciation, being able to shelter some of your income, and the ability to leverage by properly using financing. So I'd say generally real estate, it's going to be some cash flow, equity growth, tax benefits, and the ability to use leverage is really a part of the secret sauce to real estate investing. And We're at an interesting time now because rates have gone up dramatically and it's kind of a whole different landscape. So I can tell your listeners, I paid 11 and three quarters for my first home mortgage back in 1980, right? So interest rates at five, five and a half isn't anything new to me. You know, it's just part of the cycle. But I think those four aspects are really the benefits of real estate investing. Also feel strongly about diversification. So I'm not one of these guys that says all your money has to be in real estate. I believe kind of diversified portfolio in an often crazy world, right? I mean, if you think what's happened the last couple of years, hard to predict what's going to happen 12 months from now, much less five years from now. So diversification, I think, is another key aspect. Well, Aaron, that's I mean, that's for sure. I mean, these are certainly uncertain times that we are living in now. Arn, you went from single family investing primarily in North, in California. Did you have any multifamily in California? No, I did not. So it was all single family homes. And of course, the price points there as I went through my career increased. So it made it increasingly difficult to buy in the Bay Area. Ended up investing in Austin, Texas, as well as Charlottesville, Virginia. But it was just generally single family homes. The local ones I self-managed, I was in the real estate business. It was just part of my regular workday, which for like a W-2 corporate employee, a highly paid professional, the demands of their job don't allow them the freedom to kind of babysit properties where with me being in the real estate business, it made it a little bit easier. And buy and hold single family rentals. It's a tried and true way to accumulate wealth and security. 
And then I decided to make the shift into multifamily three, four years ago. Part of it was to just learn a new aspect of the real estate business. I think as long as you're learning, you're still living, you're still growing, it's exciting to learn some new stuff. And I think there are several factors that now point to multifamily as being a good investment. And I'm happy to kind of go through them too, if you'd like. Arne, you made that uh, transition from single family, which you had been uh, doing for, for what, 20, 20 plus years or so that, that you had been in the single family space. And you made this lifestyle switch from California to South Carolina, which is more than lifestyle change. It's a cultural change. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So while you're making this huge cultural change, you also made that change in investment strategies. Tell us about that that change. In, in investment strategy or lifestyle? In both, because well, you were doing both at the same time. Yeah, great question. So my life partner, longtime girlfriend, worked for many tech companies, Intel, Visa, Intuit. So she had a typical kind of Silicon Valley career. I have done real estate all my life. Laura grew up in Kensington, which is a town up in Marin County above San Francisco. And the Bay Area is a fabulous place to be. And if you want to make your fame and fortune, there's probably no better place in the entire world to do so, right? But that comes at a cost. 24-7 kind of on work lifestyle, 60-70 hour work weeks. And so we were just at a point where we wanted something different and we kind of got onto the Carolinas, visited North and South Carolina several times. and kind of stumbled upon Greenville, South Carolina, which is about an hour south of Asheville, North Carolina, kind of in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, not quite as high elevation as where you are, but very nice, vibrant downtown. We can walk to downtown. There's hiking, biking, great, great state parks to hike in. So the lifestyle fit us still and I think you'll see this in many areas of the South. The cities are fairly contemporary, right? So there is some little lifestyle change, but they're actually surprisingly contemporary. And so we feel we haven't really given up much in terms of culture or dining or entertainment. And we've gained in terms of just a slower, less expensive kind of life. And for us, where we're at, it was a worthwhile change and we're kind of happy doing it. So that's kind of the answer on the personal end. Not too many years ago, I took a flight from Greenville to Dallas, Texas. And just the flight itself, it was for me a cultural awaken as we were leaving. I mean, you know, flying over Greenville, I mean, everything is green and beautiful and flying into Dallas, everything is brown and, and dry. <laughs> And flying over Greenville, it just looks like this really quaint little, wonderful little place to be. And then flying over Dallas. I mean, we were hitting the Dallas-Fort Worth congestion probably 15 <laughs> minutes. I mean, this is in the air, 15 minutes before we even got to the airport. And then I get to the airport. My sister and her husband picked me up there. And so we leave the airport congestion to go into the traffic congestion and drove an hour's drive and all of this congestion to get to their place. I mean, talk about cultural shock. I was just... You're exactly right. I mean, in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, there's Bayshore Freeway, Highway 101. And yeah, at rush hour, 
it takes you an hour to go 10 miles. I mean, it's a horrible existence. Here in Greenville, what they mean by traffic is a 15-minute drive takes 20 minutes. Okay, that's that's traffic. Oh my God, the traffic's horrible. Meaning, you know, a 15-minute ride took 20 instead of 15. So it's an interesting dynamic. So I totally get it. Yes. Well, I was so happy to get back home. <laughs> well, the North Carolina mountains are beautiful. Laura and I, in about two weeks, are going up to spend a couple of days in Cashiers, North Carolina, and we're going to do some hiking. So it is really a fabulous place in the country. We're kind of more mountain people than beach people so it's the right spot for us by the way it's cashiers cashiers yes well i'm still a californian so i haven't earned my stripes yet so i still talk to californian instead of southern so well anyway let's get back to okay to multifamily and that transition from single family to multifamily. Yeah. So I think we're all aware that housing affordability is a major issue pretty much in any metropolitan area of the country. And apartments kind of offer one of the most affordable options, housing options available to residents here in the U.S. So I think there's going to be a continued strong demand There's clearly a housing shortage. The housing shortage is most acute at the affordable levels. The other thing I would say is I think our society has changed. Back when I was the young man, maybe my dream and the dream of many other people was buying that nice big house in suburbia at the end of the cul-de-sac with the large lot, and we're going to plunk down here for 30 years and raise our family. And I think today's 30-something, 20-something, they're more citizens of the world. They're more global. They travel with tech. You don't have, you could live wherever you want. So I think we now have a more mobile society where the dream might be to spend a year in Europe and then a year in Buenos Aires and then come back. So I think the rent Renting lifestyle without the commitment of ownership and all that that entails is becoming increasingly attractive to a larger percentage of the population. So I think you have high demand for affordable housing, you have a limited supply, you have a more mobile society. I think the other thing with multifamily is due to the scale, property management is less expensive. It's generally more professional. This is like full-time businesses with systems and staffs. So the property management available to multifamily assets frees the property owner or the investor from, frees them from many of the hassles about owning real estate and owning property. So society shifts, affordability, better, cheaper, less expensive property management. I think all makes sense and provides a good fundamental backdrop for investing in apartments. We know rents have been increasing, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. The cost of housing generally is not going to get less expensive. And I think the other thing for me, we've all heard of bad landlords who don't maintain their properties. For me, I like to take care of the properties. I like to create nice places for people to live. 
And sure, that benefits my investors and I because we can increase rents, we get a better tenant demographic, but I find most people are willing to pay for a good product, right? And they work hard, they pay rent, and as all they want is a nice, safe house, nice, safe place to live where everything works and that they're safe and it's quiet. And so they're willing to pay a little more rent if you take care of the property. So it's a good investment, but you're also improving living conditions for folks. And, you know, I like doing that. Aren't we were started out by telling our viewers and listeners that you can invest in real estate without the hassle. That implies to me that that is probably a passive investment, most likely anyway. So what's the difference between being an active investor and a passive investor? And how are you investing in multifamily? Yes, great question. So an active investor would be, I go out and I buy a house, I find it, maybe I hire a property manager, but I'm involved in the decisions about renovations. I get called when repairs are needed. I'm responsible for paying the mortgage, taxes, and insurance. So basically, as an active investor, you're kind of, you know, involved in the day-to-day nitty-gritty details of running the property, where in a passive investment, you would invest as a limited partner and simply the general partners, the operator or the syndicator for multifamily deals. They would be responsible for the total operation of the property. They'd locate the property. They'd manage the property. They'd collect the rents. They'd handle all the financial and accounting, the repairs. And essentially, as a passive investor, you invest. And every month or every quarter, you kind of get a distribution check directly via ACH into your account. So you're directly investing in real estate. But the day-to-day management and operation is handled by professionals, the general partners. The other added benefit is you're not obligated for repayment of the loan. The general partner is. So you kind of have no liability about that. And it's a nice way to invest in real estate, receive some monthly or quarterly cash flow. And then when the property's sold, you typically three, five, seven years down the road, the limited partners typically get 70 to 80% of the profit and the general partners get 20 to 30% of the profit for running the deal and providing those returns to the investors. So it's a nice way to invest in real estate, receive cash flow appreciation. You also get the tax benefits. The other thing, there's really no accounting needed on your part. As an operator, I send my investors a K-1 form that has the financial story of the operation for a year, their share of the property. They turn it over to their accountant and they're done. No keeping track of rent, when the mortgage is paid, property taxes, and so forth. So That's kind of the difference. And again, I think it's just a matter of there's no one right answer to that. But what I would submit is if you're working 40, 50 hours a week at your job, you have family commitments to church or community, how many hours of the day do you have left to kind of manage a real estate portfolio? And through passive investing in syndications, you can do it. And there's little or no time commitment on your part once you make the initial investment. That all sounds well and good, Arn. 
how do we get into this limited partner relationship so that we can have all of those Yes, great question. So you would reach out to people like me. So some multifamily syndication opportunities, so-called 506C as in Charlie, which are only available to accredited investors, those can kind of be publicized through social media and other forms of advertisement. The other form of syndication investment is 506B which is open to everyone, provided they have the financial knowledge and sophistication to kind of evaluate the investment, 506B, those cannot be advertised. So essentially, people who want to invest in syndications need to make contact with folks like me to be you know, provided those opportunities. And typically what it kind of involves would be a phone call with me. I discuss with them kind of their financial situation, their prior investing experience, and answer any questions they may have. And if we feel it's a suitable mix, then they kind of get put on my deal alert list. And as I get opportunities, they would be notified of them. Arne, tell us how we can contact you. Sure. So the name of my group is Spark Investment Group. And website is investwithspark.com. Email is arn, A-R-N, at investwithspark.com. And you can find me on social media, either under my name or Spark Investment Group. So I'm easy to find and happy to discuss the process with anyone and provide them some education so they can determine whether this makes sense to for their total financial portfolio. Just a couple of questions aren't to tie us up here. What's your overall investment philosophy and how do you use your investments to create the lifestyle of your dreams? Great. So my overall investment philosophy is one, diversify. Two, real estate should be a big part of it, but buy real estate with proper use of leverage, meaning don't borrow or finance the property to the maximum. It also means having ample cash reserves to take care of any unfortunate downturns or issues that may do. So when you buy real estate, proper leverage, ample cash reserves, The other thing I would say is for me, investing is a long-term gain. So I think when you start to invest, your window should be five to 10 years. And I guess the other thing I would say simply is if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So if you see returns that just make no logical sense to you, I would take a close look at those. Yeah. Enlightened investors, thanks for being with us today. I know you enjoyed our show, and I look forward to being with you next time. Arne, thank you for being with us. Alan, thanks so much. Yeah, great to meet you. Enjoyed my time. It was great. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. 
Sea Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at SeedTalker.com.